my experience that Mr. Trump inflated his total assets when it served his purposes and deflated his assets to reduce his real estate taxes. This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to a mea culpa special report. In a matter of days or even perhaps hours, the first criminal charges will be brought against the Trump Organization and its chief financial officer and keeper of Trump's secrets, Alan Weisselberg. Here's what we know now. Last Friday, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office informed Donald Trump's lawyers that it was considering criminal charges against his family business, the Trump Organization, in connection with fringe benefits the company awarded a top executive. The prosecutors have been building a case for months against Alan H. Weisselberg as part of an effort to pressure him to cooperate with a broader inquiry into Trump's business dealings. But it was not previously known until last week that the Trump Organization would also face charges. This way, Weisselberg is expected to be charged this week, putting additional pressure on him to cooperate against his boss, former President Donald Trump. Mr. Trump isn't expected to be charged at this time, said his lawyer, Ronald Fischetti. Any indictment would be the first to emerge from the sprawling investigation and would raise the unprecedented prospect of a former president having to defend the company he founded and his run for decades against accusations of criminal behavior. It looks like the uh, the focus is really the enterprise, that the Trump organization is sort of rotten to its core. If you hear the sort of accounts of Jennifer Weisselberg, Michael Cohen, Mary Trump, they all say it's not just Trump isolated crimes. It's not just Weisselberg. It was a way of doing business, an M.O. that was corrupt. That's how they did things there. And that makes for a corrupt enterprise. Don't expect a Donald Trump indictment in this first go around of criminal charges. The D.A.'s not ready yet. This case is being prosecuted like a mob case, and that means they're starting at the bottom of the tree and working their way up by getting the smaller fish to flip, with pressure on figures like Weisselberg to rat on their former boss of bosses. Weisselberg, I'm surprised he's not talking. I don't understand. He, he can't get a pardon. I mean, that sort of explains some of the other people, but... Um, Trump has something on him, I would imagine. That's the only thing I can think of. And if he does consider, you know, refusing to um, to, to flip, and you know, the, the the expression "flip" implies guilt. I mean, why would Trump right. say, "Oh, he won't flip"? <laughs> of course, flip that means he's got something. Uh, yeah. Then he deserves to go to jail for a long time. Prosecutors recently have focused much of their investigation perks that Trump and the company doled out to Weisselberg and other executives including tens of thousands of dollars in private school tuition for one of Weisselberg's grandchildren, as well as rents on apartments and car leases. It's never the first indictment handed down by the grand jury that the big fish has to worry about. It's the final indictment because it is prosecutorial tactics 101 to start by returning an indictment against the, the smaller fish, maybe a modest conspiracy indictment, and using that as leverage to flip people. Prosecutors will then hand down a series of what we call superseding indictments, building until the ultimate final indictment, which is the one that's going to include the biggest fish. They are looking into whether those benefits were properly recorded in the company's ledgers and whether taxes were paid on them. 
Trump's lawyers met on Thursday with senior prosecutors in the district attorney's office in hopes of persuading them to abandon any plan to charge the company, according to the New York Times. Such meetings are routine in white-collar criminal investigations, and it is unclear whether the prosecutors have made a final decision on whether to charge the Trump Organization, which has long denied any wrongdoing. The indictments could increase pressure to cooperate on Weisselberg, who could seek to cut a deal with prosecutors to testify against Trump in exchange for leniency. Mr. Weisselberg's intimate knowledge of the Trump Organization, he has worked at the company for decades and was one of the top executives when Trump was in the White House, would make his cooperation an enormous asset to investigators looking at all aspects of the company. Because of that, he has been a central focus of scrutiny in the district attorney's investigation, with particular attention paid to the benefits that he and his family had received. In my more than 50 years of practice, never before have I seen a district attorney's office target a company over employee compensation or fringe benefits, said Ronald P. Fischetti, a personal lawyer for Mr. Trump. It's ridiculous and outrageous. There's a term, and we don't like to use it unless circumstances dictate, and I think they do dictate in this case, and the term is Grenada. Have you ever heard of Grenada? No, no I haven't. Grenada is very interesting because it is a small island nation that was invaded by the United States of America in 1983. It's about 90,000 people. And essentially it means is this case is unlosable. Okay? So... You know, we can come in, we can have our dick hanging out of our pants. Nobody gives a fuck. I'm going to win. You, sir, are what's known as a grenade. The inquiry is also examining the organization's statements to insurance companies about the value of various assets and any role that its employees, including Weisselberg, may have played in hush money payments to both Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal for Trump's inability to keep his deformed pecker in his pants. He knows he has an unusual penis. It has a huge mushroom head, like a toadstool. I laid there and prayed for death. (laughs) We all know that loyalty only goes one way with Donald Trump, and that's his way. If your last name isn't Trump, you'll be thrown under the fucking bus. Never ride on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. And the rumblings from inside the Trump org are deafening. The DA only needs one person to flip. So whether it's Weisselberg or Calamari, they don't know. They already have what they need to indict. So whoever is going to get a deal, the clock is ticking, and whoever is left without a chair faces real prison time. Trump could count on the loyalty of people like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort because they knew he would pardon them. But without his executive privilege, Trump has no fucking leverage to keep his friends quiet. So sorry guys, there's no get out of jail free card anymore. Companies, even private ones like the Trump Organization, are subject to criminal prosecution and can face fines and other penalties if they are found guilty. The fact that the corporation gets indicted or reportedly will be indicted doesn't rule out additional indictments down the road for individuals. And there is always this strong preference for trying to hold people personally accountable for criminal misconduct. The corporation can be fined like Arthur Anderson. It can even go out of business, but it can't go into custody. 
corporations don't go to prison. And so one would expect that two years into this investigation, there will be a strong push if the evidence is there to go ahead and indict individuals to make sure that the, the people who are responsible for misconduct, allegedly here for fraud, do end up being held accountable. That sends a strong message to the remainder of the business community in New York that this kind of conduct won't be tolerated and that they are personally at risk no matter who they are if they are involved in this sort of criminal activity. Charges also can threaten an organization's relationships with banks and business partners and cause lasting reputational damage. In Trump's case, he did the damage himself to the Trump organization and has sunk the value of his holdings and the overall luster of the Trump brand both at home and abroad. Bankruptcy could be looming and the seizure of assets. Banks have very strict uh, regulations that prevent them from doing business with indicted corporations. And so they would probably have an out clause in their loan documents that says if a company is indicted that they could call their loans uh, right away. And there's no way, as you put it, that Trump could pay off all the Trump organization could pay off all the loans. So this is a this is sort of an end run uh, to get to Donald Trump in some effect to have to essentially, I think at this point, acknowledge that right now they don't have the evidence to indict Donald Trump. But what they do have is enough evidence to indict his company, which would decimate him, uh, at least financially, uh, so to speak, even if it weren't to put him in prison. On Sunday, Trump Organization lawyers were given just 24 hours to make their case to the Manhattan DA on why they should not be criminally charged. Instead, Donald Trump issued a batshit insane statement laying into all-star prosecutors who will soon be throwing his ass behind bars. Radical left New York City and state prosecutors who have left murderers, rapists, drug dealers, and all other forms of crime skyrocket to record levels and who have just announced that they will be releasing hundreds of people involved in violent crime back onto the streets without retribution of any kind. They're rude, nasty, and totally biased in the way that they are treating lawyers, representatives, and some of the wonderful long-term employees and people within the Trump Organization. The witch hunters are relentlessly seeking to destroy a reputation of a president who has done a great job for this country, including tax and regulation cuts, border control, rebuilding the military and developing the vaccine in record time, thereby saving our country and far beyond, and that they are a disgrace to our nation. Desperate to fend off an investigation, Trump Organization lawyers met with prosecutors Monday afternoon in a last-ditch effort to fend off criminal charges against the company. At a meeting with senior officials within the Manhattan District Attorney's Office and the New York State Attorney General's Office, Defense lawyers pointed to the harm that the business the Trump Organization could face if it were indicted, including damage to its relationships with banks and business partners, the people said. Meetings to discuss this kind of fallout of a criminal indictment called collateral consequences are routine in white-collar investigations and often indicate the charges are near. According to the New York Times, the meeting, which lasted less than an hour over a video call, 
came after the prosecutors warned the Trump organization that they were considering indicting the company and its long-serving chief financial officer. Now keep in mind, the Manhattan District Attorney is just one of several possible criminal indictments facing the former president and the Trump organization. They may be the first, but the New York State Attorney General's office is not far behind. The state of New York began investigating a civil fraud case against the Trump organization for its real estate business practices in 2019. But in May of this year, the Office of Attorney General Letitia James announced a serious evolution. And I quote, We have informed the Trump organization that our investigation into the company is no longer purely civil in nature, said spokesperson Fabian Levy. We are now actively investigating the Trump organization in a criminal capacity, along with the Manhattan District Attorney. I'm an independently elected official in New York. Um, and the investigation that we are ongoing is as a result of the testimony of um, Michael Cohen uh, before Congress. Mm. And in that, Michael Cohen testified that, in fact, uh, the financial statements of the Trump organization uh, include uh, information uh, that, uh, the, that the president, as well as um, some of his children, perhaps inflated his assets uh, so that they can get financial terms for loans and for and for insurance co coverage. In addition to that, they deflated those same assets for the purposes of evading and or avoiding tax liability. Collaboration between the two offices is unusual, but it makes sense considering the overlap in their probe. According to the New York Times, two assistant attorney generals from James's office have joined the district attorney's team. And James's office is not conducting its own independent criminal investigation. Latest reminder of the legal jeopardy facing the former president. We learned overnight that New York's two leading prosecutors have joined forces in a criminal investigation of the Trump organization. In addition to the Weisselberg issues, James has reportedly been investigating potential financial fraud relating to several Trump organization properties, including the Seven Springs estate in Westchester County, New York. Trump bought the estate for $7.5 million in 1995, failed to turn it into a golf resort, and later claimed a $21 million tax break for conserving its grounds as open space. Now, Trump is infamous for inflating the paper value of his assets, and he reportedly secured an appraisal that valued the full estate in excess of $290 million. Local authorities, by contrast, believe the entire property, Tudor-style mansion and all, was worth only about $50 million, less than the deduction Trump claimed for the protected land. James's office is also said to be scrutinizing the Trump Tower in Chicago. One of Trump's lenders reportedly forgave a debt of $100 million on the property in 2012, and authorities are looking into whether Trump paid the necessary taxes on the debt forgiveness. Also new tonight, the New York investigation into former President Donald Trump's finances stretches to Chicago's riverfront. Manhattan district attorneys are looking into the organization that loaned the Trump organization millions of dollars for this high-rise. Investigators want to know if Trump's company misled lenders or insurance brokers about the value of certain properties in order to expand. The finances of Trump Organization properties in Los Angeles, called Trump National Golf Club Los Angeles, 
and New York City, 40 Wall Street, also appear under the AG's microscope. Overnight, amid possible signs that the investigation into former President Trump could be entering a new phase, he blasts it as a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in American history. But wait, there's more folks, a whole lot fucking more. There's also the strong possibility that criminal charges will be filed against the former president and Rudy Giuliani in Fulton County, Georgia. The former president now faces a criminal investigation. Prosecutors in Georgia announcing they're looking into his attempts to overturn the state's election results. Their scope includes that January 2nd phone call the former president made to the Georgia Secretary of State. Investigation into Donald Trump's efforts to overturn Georgia's election results. There's no way we lost Georgia. There's no way. Intensifying as grand juries convene in Fulton County today, offering the district attorney her first shot at seeking the subpoenas she warned were coming. What I was doing as a courtesy to people that I respect very much is simply putting them on notice that when a grand jury convened, which would be in March, that they could expect to receive subpoenas. Prosecutors there open to criminal investigation into former President Donald J. Trump's attempts to overturn Georgia's election results, including a phone call he made to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger in which Mr. Trump pressured him to find enough votes to help him reverse his loss. I have to find 12,000 votes, and I have them times a lot, and therefore I won the state. I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. Uh, you know, we have that in spades already. You know, something happened there. I mean, something bad happened. And I hope you join that. Uh, that's not because if you, uh, you know, I hope you go back two years as opposed to just checking, you know, one against the other because that would just be sort of a, a, uh, a signature check that didn't mean anything. But if you go back two years and if you can get to Fulton, you're going to find things that are going to be unbelievable, the, the dishonesty that, we're, that we've heard from Last February, Fannie T. Willis, the newly elected Democratic prosecutor in Fulton County, sent a letter to numerous officials in state government, including Mr. Raffensperger, requesting that they preserve documents related to an investigation into attempts to influence the state's 2020 presidential election. Now, someone that you are investigating, you can inquire about an interview, and certainly they can voluntarily come in and give an interview, but to depose them would not be the correct word. Um, the other thing you said is a, a concept in the law, and it's mens rea, and you said it's the state of mind of the individual important. And absolutely, when any prosecutor throughout this country is inter viewing people and trying to determine if a crime was committed and if they understood what they're doing. The mens rea is always important. Um, and so you look at facts to see, did they really have intent? Did they understand what they were doing? Detailed facts become important, like asking for a specific number and then going back to investigate and understand that that number is just one more than the number that is needed. Um, it lets you know that someone had a clear mind. They understood what they were doing. And so um, when you're pursuing the investigation, facts like that that may not seem so important um, become very important. Potential violations of state law include the solicitation of election fraud, the making of false statements to state and local governmental bodies, conspiracy, racketeering, violation of oath of office, and any involvement in violence or threats related to the elections administration. The letter states, 
prosecutors are also targeting Rudy Giuliani for possible false statement charges, having twice presented Georgia state legislators with fake evidence and wild allegations of a conspiracy theory to commit widespread election fraud. Today, a state house committee heard arguments and claims from President Trump's personal legal team regarding Georgia's elections. During the hearing, Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani reiterated claims that have already been proven false about video from Fulton County. But this time, he took his comments even further. That woman, look at her taking those ballots out. Look at them scurrying around with the ballots. Nobody in the room hiding around. They look like this. They look like they're passing out dope. Giuliani then went on to list the names of the people in the video who have already received death threats and who have been cleared of any wrongdoing. The fact that you have the power to do this, state law doesn't in any way prevent you, the legislature, from immediately taking this over and deciding this. Trump also faces a myriad of civil actions ranging from allegations he violated the Voting Rights Act and the Ku Klux Klan Act, which prohibits the intimidation of public officials to multiple claims that he defrauded people, including a family member, an investor that bought into his troubled hotel ventures, and economically marginalized people looking to pursue the American dream. All of these cases will have to be defended, and each one faces culpability, which will further drain his pocketbook. Not to be outdone by their father, Trump's mutant offspring are being investigated by the Washington, D.C. District Attorney for an orgy of graft and self-dealing connected to their father's inauguration. Morgan, more legal difficulty for President Trump, this time on an entirely new front. This story just crossing in the Wall Street Journal within the past couple of minutes. The Journal reporting uh, that the Trump inauguration, uh, their spending is now under criminal investigation by federal prosecutors. The probe, uh, the Journal is reporting, partly arises out of Materials that were seized in the investigation of Michael Cohen, the president's former lawyer. The DA's case centers on how Trump's kids blurred the lines between the family business and what's supposed to be a nonprofit, potentially milking the inaugural celebration by funneling events to the Trump International Hotel in Washington, where the committee may have overpaid millions on services that went to line the Trump's pockets. Fuck you, pay me. According to the Daily Beast, investigators laid out how Trump's hotel in Washington initially quoted a charge of $3.6 million for the event space, food, and drinks over eight days. When Trump's inner circle wised up to the idea that the exorbitant price could reek of corruption, then-Trump campaign official Rick Gates negotiated a lower price. But in all truth, folks, not that much lower. Another event ended up being a private party during the evening of the inauguration for Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, Eric Trump, and hotel guests blowing $288,367 in rent and food. There's a new Trump scandal, and we've caught Donald Trump Jr. giving sworn testimony that might be false. We obtained emails, texts, internal documents, and a video that appear to contradict Donald Trump Jr.'s sworn testimony in a lawsuit alleging the Trump Organization and Trump's inauguration committee misused hundreds of thousands of dollars. My old pal Stephanie Winston Walkoff is the main witness for the prosecution and told the Daily Beast, and I quote, I didn't understand why anything was being done for the kids. 
It's not a birthday party. This is for the United States of America swearing in the most powerful executive in the world, Winston Wolkoff said as she awkwardly tried and blocked the creation of events that were clearly self-dealing, like Junior's hunting-themed sportsman ball and Ivanka's ladies' luncheon. Why is Ivanka bringing together 100 influential women when she's not on the cabinet, Winston Wolkoff said. These kids were doing events for themselves, by them, for them, with them, with other people's money, meant for a nonprofit. November 13th, 2018, the news came out that Manhattan federal prosecutors had opened a criminal probe into the inauguration spending and into whether some of the committee's top donors had traded cash for access to the Trump administration. The accounting didn't delineate where and how the donations had come in. Investigators were looking into whether extravagant donation packages offered FaceTime with officials and if selling access explained the Trump inauguration's record-shattering $107 million cost, $50 million more than any other inaugural ever. But as far as the First Lady being involved in the inauguration, um, the First Daughter being involved in the inauguration, um, and knowing about all the financing, all about all the problems, again, it, facts are the facts. They speak for themselves. And I've written it in the book. Um, and like I said, and I keep saying, there, you can't write a book like this without having the, 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 the truth behind you. You just can't. Oh, and guess who's mixed up in all of this as well? Yep, Alan fucking Weisselberg. Like everything else in the Trump universe, all roads lead back to Alan, and it's his name on the emails seeking invoices. Best of all, Princess Ivanka is said to have perjured herself and will likely face charges for making false statements. Now, who is Alan Weisselberg was the question that Ivanka Trump was asked in this deposition in December with investigators from the District of Columbia Attorney General's office as part of its lawsuit alleging the misuse of inaugural funds. And here's how she answered the question. He is the... I would have to see what his, his, I don't know his exact title, but he's an executive at the company. According to a report from Mother Jones, David Korn, Ivanka's testimony that she had no involvement in the Trump inauguration has been contradicted by court documents. She might have to go through some things herself. So good luck, Ivanka. Maybe start rewatching Orange is the New Black. That's all, folks. So that's all we have for today, folks. I know I say it often, but the wheels of justice may turn slowly, but they nevertheless continue to turn. What I've just laid out for you today is a roadmap that will likely spell the end of the road for Donald J. Trump, either with him behind bars or from total financial ruin. For a man who has avoided the reckoning of accountability for his entire life, it's the punctuation to a life misled. We cannot change the past, but we can make a better future for ourselves and our children by denying Donald Trump the oxygen he needs to continue tearing this country apart. So good night and good luck, and thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Oh, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
gonna be the greatest man alive. But now I'm a man way past 21. I want you to leave me, baby. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media. And it's written and produced by Jimmy Jelinek. Executive producers are Jared Gustat, Jimmy Jelinek, myself, Michael Cohen, and Phil Alberstadt. Our editor is Lisa Orkin. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Maya Culpa, nothing but the truth. <laughs>